Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Tailoring is also well known, we all know, for their tailor made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom made and ready made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor made, whether it's ready made, or whether it is custom made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, even though the governor's race is still a ways away, it doesn't hurt us to talk to the candidates from time to time. And so join us on the news line is Eric Doden, candidate for governor and former head of the IDC. Eric, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. You too, Abdul. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, so although it's a little out, uh, how's the race going so far? Uh, we're just uh, continuing to be excited. A lot of energy uh, around the state, uh, meeting a lot of great people, and uh, uh, there's just a lot of energy behind our Indiana Main Street Initiative for small towns, and we're just uh, privileged to be on this journey. Uh, what do you hear when you talk to voters out there? Well, you know, we're hearing a, you know a lot of uh, a lot of excitement about um, the restoration of. of each region and um, our communities, uh, zero cost adoption is very exciting for them uh, and for us. And we're really excited about the opportunity to get some of our 13,000 kids in foster care and loving families. And uh, we just continue to hear a lot of excitement about the future of Indiana and where we're headed as a state. Um, I know you recently put out a plan uh, to revitalize sort of downtown Indianapolis, uh, making public safety reforms and some other things. Uh, tell us about that if you could. Like all of us who live in the regions, I obviously come from Fort Wayne area. We know how important Indianapolis and Marion County is to the state of Indiana. It's 25% of the state's GDP, and uh, we are very concerned about you know both the public safety and uh, infrastructure of downtown Indianapolis. Uh, the state of Indiana has a lot of investment. The people of Indiana have a lot of investment in downtown, and and so our our capital zone really is this concept of we need to make sure that we have a partnership between the state of Indiana and our local government to make sure that we have the, the, the one mile square around Indianapolis pothole free with world class infrastructure, but most importantly, that people feel safe and are safe in, in our capital city, that we can drive and have a growing economy again in, in Indianapolis. Um, I know one of the things that you talked about uh, in your news release you put out uh, earlier this week uh, was to fix uh, downtown Indianapolis uh, crumbling roads and infrastructure, uh, maintenance for roads, bridges, and sidewalks and trails. Uh, how do you pay for that, and how does that fly with, say, other regions of the state? Because I know uh, some outside lawmakers may have some concerns. Well, Abdul, we, we already have the budget for this, and so this is not going to require additional money, in our opinion. I think it's just using the money we already have budgeted uh, for this more effectively. But I think it's also important to recognize that we have 29 million visitors uh, that you know come to, 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 to Indianapolis and Marion County, and we uh, receive a lot of income, you know, from the sales tax and income tax from all those visitors. And so, we, we owe an obligation not just to the two million people that live in Marion County and all the people across Indiana that come and and, and do uh, activities in Marion County, but to these 29 million visitors, and to make sure that we have a world-class city for them to enjoy and that we can continue to see this community prosper and 
uh, continue to attract more visitors to come. I also noticed, also noticed in your plan uh, to sort of revitalize uh, downtown Indianapolis, you also talked about uh, supporting law enforcement by establishing a, a, a prosecutor review board uh, composed of elected prosecuting attorneys uh, to create a system of accountability for rogue prosecutors. How do you distinguish between, say, a prosecutor who won't do his job versus a prosecutor that uses discretion? Because I know that's always a little bit of a tricky, sort of a fine line to sort of navigate. Yeah, I think it is. I think the, the prosecutor, prosecutor Review Board is just an oversight mechanism, and it's a good check and balance. Uh, and these are all prosecutors that are elected that you know, will make sure that we're enforcing all the laws in the books. And, and if they believe that, that we need to, uh, to enforce a certain law, then you know, they, will, they, they have the opportunity to do a special prosecutor, make sure that happens. But, look, I think it's just good for us to have check and balances. And it's very important from my point of view, Abdul, that we uphold the rule of law. Because I, you know, I d- deeply believe that one of the things that has made this country great, and certainly Indiana, um, one of the, you know, a, a, a phenomenal state in this in this nation, is our commitment to law and order and the rule of law. Um, also, uh, would that prosecutor review board just be for Indianapolis, Marion County? Would it be for the entire state area? Well, I think right, this is, this would just be for you know the Indianapolis, Marion County area. This capital zone plan is designed to make sure that we have. The resources we need to have, you know, public safety and a world-class infrastructure in Marion County and Indianapolis. Our guest on the program today is Eric Doden, Republican candidate for governor uh, on the campaign trail today, uh, running against Suzanne Crouch as well as uh, Mike Braun. Uh, Eric, uh, what, what? I know, I know you're a big uh, believer in sort of uh, redeveloping and sort of helping out uh, some of the smaller towns in the state of Indiana. What are what are their concerns? What are they here? What do they want the state to do for them? Well, I, I think what I, you know, when we talk about a billion dollars that we spend on economic development, they're very excited about the fact that we're going to have a hundred million of that billion that will be uh, for towns thirty thousand or less, giving them the opportunity to redevelop and repurpose their community in the way that they think will uh, lead to the, the next fifty years being better than the last fifty years. And, and uh, I think there's just a ton of excitement around this notion that we're going to be a good partner to local leaders as they re-envision their community and decide the proper way for them to restore their community. There's a lot of people that want to live in small towns, especially uh, in light of uh, technology that allows them to work remotely. Uh, and we just want to give those towns the opportunity to grow. Uh, in our view, Abdul, we can't be the state where only four or five counties are successful. We have to be the state where all 92 counties have a chance to be successful. And, uh, you know, this Indiana Main Street initiative makes that possible for uh, cities and, and, and regions all over the state of Indiana to be successful. Uh, right now, the state is sort of doing those, uh, the governor is doing those sort of those ready grants that have, uh, as part of its next level agenda. Uh, would you do anything differently with those ready grants or uh, amend the governor's next level agenda in any way or? Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about Ready. I mean, you know, there's another, I think, $500 million that they're applying to uh, what they call Ready 2.0. Uh, uh, you know, what we want to do with regional cities, which is similar, which was, the you know, what the precursor to Ready was regional cities. Uh, we want to do a similar thing going forward and just make sure we continue this momentum. Uh, I think one of the things that were really important to us is that as a state partner, we, we rely on the local leaders to determine the highest and best use of that money. Uh, and that's, that's what you know, kind of is a, a, a maybe a subtle difference between ready and regional cities, but regardless, we're super excited about both programs and what it means uh, for, the, for the future of each region. We have 12 regions, Abdul, that we need to be successful, 
Uh, and so we, we're just simply uh, signaling that we're going to continue this legacy and, and this progress for the next uh, four to eight years under my administration if, if the people of Indiana choose to have a serve. Eric, I know, I know a big issue here in Indiana has been sort of roads and how we can, how we do road funding. We know there's a summer study committee uh, that Representative Jim Pressler is going to be chairing. Uh, I know Indianapolis had some issues with road funding, you know, lane miles versus high versus uh, road miles. Uh, what is your thoughts on uh, fixing and enhancing the state's infrastructure across Indiana? Obviously, one of the, the, the foundational things government does is infrastructure. And what I've been really um, appreciative of is some of the, 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 the people that thought leaders in this space that have come around us to educate us on how does electric vehicles impact road funding? How do we make sure that we have the proper road funding to make sure that we have you know world-class infrastructure? Because in Indiana, we don't just owe it to the people of Indiana, but we are the crossroads of America where a lot of goods and services are moved you know, throughout our entire state, uh, and we're, um, we're, enough, we're, we're, we're relied on to be an important distribution hub. So uh, we know how critical this is. we got to keep our eye on the road funding formulas uh, and make sure that, that we have the best roads that we possibly can have, uh, not just for the people of Indiana, but also for the people all over the United States that are crossing our state. So uh, this will be an ongoing discussion. We're looking forward to the summer study uh, committee and what they did discover, and we're going to continue to listen to the leaders of of, of this industry and try to figure out the best path forward. Our guest on the program today is Eric Doden, Republican candidate for governor, uh, running against Suzanne Crouch and Mike Braun. Eric's with us for a few minutes on the program today, so we're always good and very happy uh, to talk and chat with him. Uh, Eric, let's talk about education. Obviously, lawmakers uh, invested a lot of money uh, this past session uh, into school choice, uh, into the voucher program, sort of expanding the voucher program, uh, but there was no uh, no money for teachers per se. Uh, number one, uh, your thoughts on expanding the voucher program. Number two, uh, how do we how do we uh, pay teachers what they're worth, or, or are they being paid? Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan, and I of school choice and making sure that parents have the right to choose uh, where their kids go to school. Each kid in my family has been different; they've had different needs, and parents that have talked to me across the state are very excited about having vouchers and the opportunity to make choices about where their kids go to school. And, and I think competition is healthy for all of us. We also, though, are advocating for a teacher investment program. When you, when we've talked to over 3,000 leaders over the last two years, one of the things that really became crystal clear was this teacher crisis that we're facing with you know, teachers leaving the industry and the lack of teachers entering the industry. So we're actually proposing that teachers will be income tax and property tax free. And, you know, I've, I've had some people question me, like, why are we doing, uh, you know, an uh, uh, incentive for teachers in that way? Why not just put more money into the budget? Well, what I like about this program is that if, the, if you put money in the budget and give it to administration, they could use it for a variety of things. But by giving this incentive directly to the teachers, it gives them about a $5,000 pay raise. And, and attracts and retains talent in that profession, which is super critical for the future of Indiana and for our kids. And it's also interesting, too, because, like I said, a lot of places are experiencing teacher shortages right now. Uh, so I guess my question is, how does what, what can the state do, per se, uh, to help alleviate those teacher shortages? Well, I think one thing is the teacher investment program, and then the other thing is to make sure that we don't have unnecessary uh, rules and regulations and burdensome uh, burdensome uh, regulations that cause teachers to, 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 to not be able to teach. And so um, I'm just taking a lot of feedback in from our teachers, making sure that, you know, that they're empowered, that, that they're encouraged, 
uh, but then also making sure that the parents are empowered and have the information they need. Uh, I just think there just needs to continue to be uh, transparency and accountability in education as we move forward because we know that the future of our economy is based on how we raise and educate our kids. Uh, speaking of uh, tax relief, I know it's also, I want to say last month, uh, you floated an idea to provide tax relief for Hoosier nurses. Uh, tell our audience about that if you could. Well, that's an idea we're looking at as well, particularly as it relates to the nurses that uh, are, are dealing with our elderly. And again, there's a shortage. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that's very important from my perspective, Abdul, is that is that we protect the vulnerable. And that includes uh, the elderly. So we're looking at all kinds of ideas of how to make sure that as we have more and more people into uh, either nursing homes or assisted living, that we uh, have the, the, the people there that will um, be able to take care of them and, and help them in that portion of their life. And, and so we continue just to engage with thought leaders and industry experts in, the, in that arena as well to make sure that, uh, that we have the best possible care for our elderly as, as they progress through life. Eric Doan with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Eric, one of the Republican candidates for governor. Uh, Eric, I noticed on your website, Doc talked about the opioid and fentanyl uh, crisis. Uh, what can the state do to, to help alleviate you know, uh, you know, that, that, that issue, that problem uh, that's facing a lot of our areas, particularly a lot of rural communities? Yeah, I think um, all this stuff is interrelated. So as we begin to, to transform our communities and, and see um, things get better and, and infrastructure improve and our communities improve, we also incentivize people to better behavior. But in addition to that, there, there are a lot of people in 501c3s and in our religious community and faith community, as well as um, uh, um, people in local government that have a lot of ideas and thoughts about how we can partner better together when it comes to mental health issues. And we're really um, discussing what is the proper role of the state, what is the proper role of local government, and then what is the proper role of the private sector in solving and and, and, and improving these areas. Uh, This is a very important area to us. We want to get people a a pathway back from their addiction or mental health issue to be, uh, you know, able to, to experience the full potential of who they are as a person. And uh, we're really excited about some of the ideas that are coming out, and we're just working through those right now and, and working on some uh, ideas that we intend to hopefully publish here in the next couple months. Uh, one of the ideas that has popped up uh, was sending National Guard troops down to the border. Uh, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita uh, called on the governor to, to, to send the National Guard down to the border uh, with other National Guards. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, look, I think right now we got to focus on what we can control and we got to focus on making sure that we have the best plan possible to help our people uh, not become addicted or kick their addiction. Um, you know, we'll continue to look at ideas uh, from Todd Rokita and others about what, what are the possibilities. But, you know, we're just going to focus on, you know, what we can do here locally uh, as the state of Indiana. And, and, and we'll, we'll continue to obviously, uh, you know, listen to ideas of what people have about different things that we could do. Uh, Eric, we got a couple minutes left here before we let you go. Uh, we have the we have the state budget surplus. Uh, right now, it's, it's a very healthy surplus. Should the money be used to, to invest in new programs, pay off debt, or just keep it in the bank? Well, I think, you know, look, you have to have proper reserves in government. And once you have proper reserves, I think that the money should be utilized to, to, to really help people and, and benefit people. Uh, and so one of those things is paying off debt. I think one of the reasons why we're going to be able to fund early childhood, early childhood education without any new taxes at all is because we've done a great job of managing debt. And that frees up the resources to be able to do things like early childhood education for four-year-olds. 
So I think that's an appropriate thing that we need to do. But we also uh, want to make sure that we have the resources to make sure that communities across the state are able to have a thriving uh, future in not just economics, but in family life. Uh, do I see you know economic development as also family development? And we get a lot of uh, a lot of um, benefit and, and a lot of uh, of, of uh, our uh, you know identity from our work. And so I think it's very important for us to have these resources that go and make sure that we have our small towns and our regions uh, have a successful future. And and we're really excited about. You know the success of the state of Indiana we're having and in, in, in having a good fiscal position right now. Uh, second last question for you, my friend. You know, I always got to ask this question to all, to all the candidates who come through. Uh, we're having a debate in this country over over the legalization or decriminalization of, of marijuana. Uh, any thoughts one way or the other? Well, again, we, we continue to I continue to talk to uh, law enforcement and to experts in this field. You know, right now um, people are asking me about that. I think. We're going to continue just to listen. Um, you know, as a general rule of thumb, I think that you know, marijuana and 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 and, and I'm against you know, you know, as, as just sort of a baseline, I'm against uh, you know the, the legalization of marijuana recreationally. But but we're going to continue to listen to ideas and be thoughtful about this and, and make sure we understand all the all the moving parts. It's a very complex topic, and there'll be a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about that. Uh, final question for you, my friend. Obviously, uh, we got a competitive governor's race. Uh, it's you, it's Suzanne Crouch, it's Mike Braun. You all uh, are competitive with each other. We're all raising similar uh, dollar amounts. What distinguishes you from Suzanne and Mike? Well, look, I think this has to be a campaign of ideas. And, uh, you know, what we, we are committed to is making sure that we have all, all those ideas written down on paper that people can read in under seven minutes. Uh, because this is the beginning of a discussion. Uh, and we want people's feedback. And we want them to understand that we have a strategy not just for one or two or three or four or five counties but we have a strategy for the entire state of indiana to make sure that we're all thriving uh and so i think that you know our ideas and the kind of concepts that we're throwing out like zero cost adoption really differentiate us all right well i guess the, so we're, i'm sorry go ahead about that all right, no, well, we're excited about that. No, I'm sorry, Abdul. Oh, no, no worries. Our guest on the program today has been Eric Doden. Uh, Eric, uh, former head of the IEDC, now Republican candidate for governor. Eric, my friend, as always, thank you very much for being with us, and we look forward to chatting with you again real soon, my friend. Thank you, Abdul. I really appreciate your time. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.